good afternoon everybody this is season two episode three of slam city here in new york city on a cold chilly day um right now it's raining more here um uh, mr max running a little late right here but we want to get started on this episode to start off the 2019 year obviously 2018 wasn't really a good year for me even though there's a lot of good movies and tv shows and you know all the other stuff that everybody likes to binge watch and listen to me and new albums that were pretty okay and good in some ways because you know my dad and my grandma passed away last year so obviously that took a lot of effect on our family moving forward even new years for us was very emotional um i was very sad and i was also sick too so that kind of didn't help but uh i feel like 2019 is going to be a good year for us uh overall and for the show too one of my resolutions for this year is to be a better podcast and a writer too so definitely gonna do that more moving forward and trying to get the show on to par but it's just <clears throat> it's interesting because every new year everybody talks about resolutions about oh you know i'm gonna do this better i'm gonna do this better i'm gonna do this better and then sometimes you just fall short because you just do it for like a month and then you're like oh that's it so you know i want to be surprised people in the gym they do this every year we're blank or uh, 24 hour fitness or new york sports club equinox cold gym whatever um you know a lot of people go in the gym for like one month and then i don't know where they just stop going after like january because you know they try to do the news resolution right but then they really don't do it you just do it for like a week or two and then that's it so don't be surprised if you go to those packed gyms for the next couple of weeks and then later on like february maybe like late february and early march that it starts to go down just a little bit even though a lot of people want to get that summer body which i'm going to do too because that's one of my resolutions to be in the best shape of my life so we'll see what happens but let's try to get into sports now obviously we got a lot of topics to discuss today like i said mr max running late but he should be here momentarily um one thing that i really want to talk about now is this whole goat conversation that lebron james started now as everybody knows LeBron James is, you know, obviously the best player on the planet, skill-wise at least. He can, you know, have a lot of points. He got a lot of assists. He got rebounds, steals, blocks, leadership skills that you can't ignore from him because he makes everybody around him better. Statistically, he makes everybody around him better. But does he make them much better, like, in terms of trying to cut to the basket? That's another discussion. But he says something that a lot of people are really taking into heart a lot. And one of his quotes was, and he said that on I International Business Times, but also you can see on video on ESPN too. I actually saw it. <coughs> but one comment that he said was, the first wave of emotion was when everyone saw me crying like that was all for 52 years of everything in sports that's going on in Cleveland. And after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. And that's what he said on his um, show, More Than an Athlete. Obviously, you guys remember the time when he was with Cleveland. He beat Golden State in seven games so on a three and one comeback, which is a historical comeback. And you know he was crying on the on the floor. He was with uh, Kevin Love. You know they're hugging. Kyrie, same thing. Everybody was all emotional. Cleveland when they won that title, and <clears throat> and then he said, you know, Cleveland, this is for you and all that stuff. And you look at that moment, and people like himself or other people around him would say, oh, he's the greatest player of all time. That made him the greatest player of all time because he'd be the greatest team to ever assemble. Well. I believe that this little type of um, scenario in, in that whole thing because just think of it as if if it weren't for Jim Green getting suspended, if it weren't Roger Goodell getting injured, like having back spasms, Andrew Bogut out for the se- series, Stephen Curry still hobbled, Clay Thompson was giving a lot of stuff, and they made seven games out of that. But if they were all healthy and ready to go, and we saw before in the last two finals, well, of course, you had Durant, that kind of helped everything, but when you had a healthy Curry, and you had a Green playing well and everything, they won a title. I mean, literally, they just bulldozed Cleveland 8-1 to one in the past two years. And was, one was a sweep, and one was a five. And you couldn't make a case it could have been a sw- sweep, too, in the other one. but Or 7-1, I would say. Cause, no, uh, actually, 8-1. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it's four to get to the title. But, yeah, that whole scenario right there, that just shows you, though, how much LeBron is such a me mentality because... He is so obviously sensitive over everything that the media tells him about. Like, for instance, if you criticize one of his teammates, he wouldn't care because he'd be like, oh, it's not my fault, it's their fault. So let's say he passes the ball to, like, back in the day, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is the game-winning shot. They wouldn't blame Chris Bosh. Well, actually would, but 
really LeBron would be like, well, it's his fault because he missed a shot. I gave him the pass and everything. But LeBron always gets a pass for everything, whether it's even making a great pass or missing a shot. He'll be like, oh, well, I put my team in a good situation to win. We didn't have a chance to do it because, you know, this guy's into this and that. And he's always been that sensitive guy. So, obviously, these comments is interesting because I'm like, how can somebody who considers himself to be the greatest of all time actually say that when really your career isn't even over yet? You're only 34 years old. I know you right now you're dealing with a growing injury that's you almost recovering. You should be playing probably by next week, even though growing injuries are very, very tricky. You have to be very careful with it because let me tell you something. It's not like hamstrings and quad injuries or even torn ACLs or any of that. But groin is very sensitive because it's one of those muscles, kind of like uh, like your abs, kind of. If you tear your abs, you're going to be out for, like, at least a month because <clears throat> that's where you pretty much do all the movements, you know. Like, I think with your abs, like, you move around and you do this and that. And with groin injury, same thing. Quad injuries, the worst. I think, I think when I had a hamstring injury when I was playing back, like, high school, whatever. And this is when I did wrestling, too. Um, when I was wrestling to I had a hamstring injury, it was the worst because you, when you try to move around, you can't really move around. It hurts, and you have to be out for like a, a week or two. And, you know, you, those injuries, especially knee injuries too, you got to be careful. You got to let it heal, do some biking, some light biking, obviously, massaging, doing all that stuff. And he has all the technology because he, apparently he spends like a million dollars trying to make his body be at the best shape of his life, which he does every year. So don't be surprised if he comes back sooner rather than later, even though it's been a while, but... Because growing injuries are very tricky, so you have to be very careful with him. Just ask Stephen Curry. He was out for, like, three weeks, basically, and Warriors were, like, 500 team about him. So, um, really, though, yeah, you know, all this comments about him being going to stay up, being truly the GOAT. Is he really truly the GOAT, though? I mean, if you look at it statistically, like, he's probably, like, right now, top, he's top five, almost, actually almost top five in scoring. Um, he's probably, I think he's around top five in rebounds. No, I think top ten in rebounds and top ten in assists. But though he keeps growing, I believe, in all those categories. I could make a case he's, he's probably going to be, uh, as all said and done, probably like number, he's probably like two or three all-time scoring, top five in assists, and top five in rebounds. And he'll be the only player to ever do that, obviously, because, you know, he's 6'9", 260, whatever, and he can do whatever he wants, and, you know, he can run down the court, he can beat anybody to the floor. You know, right now he's more of like a post-up player trying to be more of a passer, be more active as possible the Lakers at 34 years old. But being the GOAT, I think it's much more than just trying to physically be better than everybody in scoring, rebound, assists, or blocks, steals, whatever. I think it's more of people defining you as the GOAT, but, you know, there's going to be a few people in the world, or maybe not a few people, probably a lot more people saying he's the GOAT because he's this and that, and he makes these unbelievable passes, and he does the scoring. There's, there's too much in-the-moment, though, people, because you look at LeBron, every time LeBron does something special, it's like, oh, that's the greatest pass I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's the greatest dunk I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh, he did this and that. Oh, he made this buzzer beater over this, so he's the greatest player ever. Like, remember last year, he was doing all those crazy shots with a bad Cleveland team trying to will them and everything and look what happened after they lost the four and Golden State but I believe that when you look at who the GOAT is I think there's a different set of categories for that yeah you need the stats you need like these accomplishments these records and everything but as we know records are always going to be broken so you don't be surprised if Clay Thompson's 14.3s that he had this season Somebody breaks it like Stephen Curry or something, makes it 15 or something. Like, records are meant to be broken. That's just facts. <clears throat> but what you can't replace is titles. What you can't replace, you can't replace, excuse me, is final appearances. I mean, he had nine final appearances, and he won three of them, and he lost six of them. That you cannot change forever. I mean, just imagine if that Heat series where Real made that game-winning shot, and he actually took the shot. Even though he kind of traveled to a lot of people make the case for that. But just imagine if he took the shot and he missed it. And then he would have been 2-7. and seven. I mean, for all we know, Spurs would have been the one undefeated. But I come Tim Duncan is in the GOAT conversation. I mean, he would have been 6-0. and oh, And he should be right now even as 5-1. and one. Because really, that's really almost to perfection. I mean, not Kobe 5-2. and two. Oh, Kobe, I'm surprised people just leapfrog over Kobe like he's done nothing in his career. Like, all that was just for, oh, because he played with Shaq and everything. He still made it work. I mean, LeBron's played with Bosh and Wade and won two titles only. And Kobe's played with Shaq and won three titles. So, and I'm not saying Bosh and Wade are better than Shaq. 
but they're still good stars. Like, they were pretty much superstars on their teams. Like, Bosch was having career years almost every season with the Raptors, and way he won a title already, and he's considered being one of the best players in the, in the court at the time. So, looking at LeBron, it's like, why would you consider yourself to be in the goal already this fast? When you know clearly you have a long way to go, and you're three and six in the finals. I'm sorry, I, I have to take that into account. When you have Michael Jordan being six and zero, oh, and you have Tim Duncan being five and one, and Kobe Bryant being five and two, um, even Stephen Curry right now he's three and one. Durant is two and one because you know he lost for OKC. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, those guys like those guys have better records than LeBron percentage wise. Yeah, there's fewer fire appearances, but I'm always a believer of quantity. Versus, well, actually, the other way around it should be. I think it's quality versus quantity, but really, I'm a, I'm a believer in being efficient. So let's say, <coughs> make an example yesterday. I know James Harden made that crazy shot. I'm gonna talk about James Harden too, about how he goes on with the other people as one of the best p- players in the world, if anything, or maybe the best offensive player in the year, uh, uh, in the world, or best offensive player of all time compared to to the Rockets GM. That what he just said that. Um. Efficiency, like, for instance, in scoring, you know, you're, like, 5 for 6, and you win the game, and that's being efficient. Or you're 10 for 14, which is incredible efficiency, that, you know, you win the game. Or your three-point line, you take, like, six threes, and you make four of them. Like, that's efficient, you know, 66%. I think anything above 50% field goal percentage-wise, if you're a basketball player, is great. 45 is, you know, above average. I used to be the standard right now, but now it's, like, you have to be really efficient if you want to win games. Uh, Three-point shot, same thing. If you're above 40 or more, that's that's considered great. Um, same thing with free throws. If you're like 85 or up, that's considered great. Like, really, I think scores in general were great scores. They always had a free percentage around 80 to 88 percent, something like that. I think they rent around that range. Uh, Carmelo used to be around the range. I don't know what happened. The Martha Rosen is definitely in that around range. Um, anything above a 90, you consider it to be a sharpshooter. Because at least most sharpshooters are always great free throw shooters. Just ask Ray Allen. Ask uh, Steve Nask. Ask Stephen Curry. He's probably like th- he's third right now at 91%. Um, so putting that into perspective, LeBron efficiency in the finals record 3-6. and six. So he's, he's pretty much around, well, actually 3-9 and nine because, well, he had six losses. So, But he had nine appearances and he had three wins. So technically he's like, at, like around 33%. In the finals, appearance. does that scare anybody though? Really, like if he makes it to the finals this year, which he's not gonna make it because he they clearly say that this is all gonna be for one year, you know, this is all relaxation. We're trying to just get another star for next season, and hopefully, we get LeBron as healthy as possible for this season. That way, that he'll be ready to go and to play on many minutes. But LeBron saying himself that he's the greatest of all time because of that, it's just, it's just laughable. Because I mean, if you at least won. More than half of those finals. If you were, if you were six and if it was all the way around, if you were six and three, you can make the case because he's tied with Jordan, and yeah, he had three more losses. But if I remember correctly, when Tom Brady won his fifth Super Bowl, the conversation for him between Joe and Tom Brady was closed because he won one more Super Bowl than somebody. So when you win, when you surpass somebody in your ranks, who considered the GOAT, because at that time everybody considered Joe Montana to be the greatest because he was four and zero. And he's still one of the top quarterbacks of all time. You can't take that away from being 4-0. But what made it special was that Tom Brady considered to be the goal in quarterbacks for us as the media saying that. Because he has five rings and he has three losses. Although, he has one more ring than Montana. That's what makes him the goal in other people's eyes. Now, Tom Brady himself saying he's not the GOAT because he, he keeps saying it. Oh, we're playing different era and generation. I don't really consider myself the GOAT like that because, you know, it's a team sport and everything. So I get that. But for LeBron James to say that he's considered the GOAT right now, it just tells you that he's very sensitive to the pack, that people are going to forget about his finals record, that people think that one championship over the greatest team of all assemble suddenly makes you the GOAT. That's not the case. Because if you look at it overall, People aren't going to forget about your meltdown in Dallas. People aren't going to forget about how you got swept by the Spurs. Um, people are definitely going to forget about the time you got beat down by the Spurs in five with Kawhi Leonard going against you and Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Ginobili and all those guys. I mean, those are just facts. Just just think about it this way. If, they, if he had won those series, then it would have been a different story. But he didn't. He melted down. He needed to go to Miami, basically a college education, how he's able to describe it, for four years 
to figure out how to win. So he went to school, basically, on how to win with Wayne Wayne. Wayne Wayne was a professor or maybe a mentor or whatever, and Bosch was there too as a student because they got to win and everything. So clearly, it's not about how you're going to suddenly become this all-time greatest player of all time in, you know, in basketball and everything. It's just about how the, how the, the media views you. Because, I mean, let's, let's look at the facts right now. Okay, you're in the you're in the Western Conference right now. You're 34 years old. If you don't want to tie with the Lakers, you're considered to be a disgrace to the franchise because Kobe Bryant's won it, Magic Johnson's won it, Shaq's won it, Jerry uh, no, Jerry West won one, but he could have won more. But you know that's another discussion. Uh, Will Chamberlain won it. <coughs> Every single Laker great has won it since the beginning of its franchise it was in 1949, whatever, or 50 around there when they won those five titles. Um, and then that dynasty was started until, you know, Boston came along or whatever. But really, the Lakers is all about winning. And yeah, they made like 30, no, they made 48 final appearances and they won 16 of them and, and 32 of them were losses. So if LeBron wants to be mentioned the goal, I'm not saying he's going to be mentioned the goal, he wins the title with the Lakers. I mean, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to just win a title with the Lakers. There's nothing. Like, if he went somewhere else and won a title, maybe he win the conversation. If he won New York, he definitely win the conversation. But you can't declare yourself really the GOAT. I mean, it's just too fast when you're 34 years old and you don't even know if somebody else is going to be better than you. Like, what if Stephen Curry in the next few years, because I don't think Durant's going to be in Golden State anymore. I think uh, after this year, if they want to tell this year, win or lose, I think he might still leave. I just have a feeling. So if Durant wins, he has three. But let's say Curry wins two or three more, and that's without Durant. Are we putting Curry in the in the cold conversation? It's because if you be five and one in, in in the finals, and yeah, he might win the finals MVPs, but maybe he'll win one or two of them. Is he in the gold conversation being the greatest player of all time? Because I think people will consider him as the greatest point guard maybe of all time over Magic. Right now, he's probably he can make the case he's the second best point guard of all time. Although I believe he's the second best point guard of all time is because of his rings and his impact on the court and what he has done to the game of basketball. I mean, he's Clay Thompson the third or fourth best shooting guard of all time because he has three rings and he also considered one of the best sh- shooters of all time in this, in this generation probably is is Durant considered the second best small four or the third best because Larry Bird has three and he has two I mean th- these are the base that could go on and on and on about who's better than this who's better than that who's this great player who's this great superstar this and that you know and Obviously, it's all going to be a debate. But l- let's look at it this way. Remember about Michael Jordan's 2009? I'll refresh it for you, everybody, so they don't understand. I don't want it in the sense because I think it disrespects Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, you know, all the guys that prior to me that I never had a chance to play against. Jordan says, quote, on CBS Sports, where everybody's saying I am, I never had a chance to compete against other legends that was prior to me. When I hear it, I cringe a little bit because it's a little bit embarrassing because no one knows. I never had a chance to, once again, to play against those guys. I would love to have played against them, but I never did. And for you to say that I'm better than him, I mean, it's your opinion. It's their opinion. I accept that as their opinion if you ask me. I will never say that I am the greatest player. That's because I never played against all the people that represented the league prior to Michael Jordan. What he's basically slaying, and I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh, you know, MJ fanboys, oh, they're just trying to defend him, Roy saying all this stuff counts, because, Raymond, you got to understand something here. I mean, Michael Jordan used to be disrespectful to everybody, punched people in the locker rooms, went casino, gambled, did all the bad stuff, and he still showed up. Yeah, but the thing is, what I've learned over the sports, you know, years I've watched sports for 25 years, is that a lot of the people who are considered to be the GOAT, from the media perspective and also the fans are the people are the players actually that don't consider themselves to be the GOAT because they understand that you haven't played against other people in your time. You play people that you have played in your general you know, in your era. You haven't played like Michael Jordan hasn't played against Chamberlain or Russell or Jerry or, you know, all the other greats back then. You know, he hasn't played against those guys in the seventies, hasn't played guys against the sixties or fifties, you know? Because it's a different brand of basketball. It continues to grow. It's almost like the same thing with Tom Brady in football. You know, he hasn't played against the greatest defenders like the, the 86 Bears or the Steel Curtains, uh, you know, back in the 60s and 70s when they won those, those Super Bowls and stuff like that or, the, I mean, the, the greatest Bill offense. Like, he hasn't faced any of those teams. And 
Same thing even in baseball. Like you, you baseball is a little harder to define. You can't consider somebody the greatest baseball player all the time because it's a team sport. So you can have like Derek Jeter be the greatest shortstop ever and make a case for that. But I don't think that's the case for that. He's probably like top five of all time in that. But really, the other sports like football and basketball, like you can't really say who the greatest of all time is because they just play different generations. Us fans can say that because we saw them in person. Like to me. And I, I'm going to say, it's, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I believe Kobe Bryant was, a, was the best, greatest player I've ever seen in my lifetime. But I think also because he's, he has probably the most skilled player I've ever seen. Like, really, from the footwork to, you know, doing all that stuff when he got older. Yeah, he wasn't the same player, obviously, because, you know, he had the kid's injury. But before that, I mean, he had the footwork. He had the mentality. He had his aggressiveness. Yeah, he was a volume shooter as much, or a volume scorer, as people will say. But... He still made it work. I mean, this guy won five titles. He won two without Shaq. And those two, when he won, when he won without Shaq, he, he did some crazy stuff. I mean, really, before Powell and Andrew Byam came along, he was breaking records. He had 81. I mean, he had 81 points in one game. And I get it. It was against a bad Raptors team at the time. But, you know, in that game, they were down by, like, 17. And he came back. They came back, the Lakers. Well, actually, he came back because he wasn't back. But he had 81 points. I mean, LeBron's career high is like 62. So it's not like he had 70. And no one considered LeBron to be a scorer either. He's considered to be more of an all-around player, just be a passer and just try to make people around him better. But reality is LeBron can be such as a great scorer as anybody else in this league if he wanted to. And he did that one year with Cleveland when he was younger. But it didn't really work out because they got eliminated. So, yeah, this whole goal conversation like Michael Jordan... He's just very humble about it when he was said that in 2009. And, yeah, it's a little different. Like, because you think that if somebody like Kevin Durant would say out loud to everybody in the public, oh, I'm the greatest player of all time, people would be laughing, people would be criticizing him, you're not the greatest because you went to Golden State and you try to get the easy way out and won titles. And for that, I would have to say this. Yes, he went to Golden State because he wanted to get titles, but he earned those titles because he took it. Like, he took the finals MVP over LeBron and Stephen Curry and, and everybody else on the team. Like, he made two back-to-back clinching series shots, literally. Like, both of those shots, was, that's it, series was over. 3-0, that's it. Yeah, that one they lost in, in five. But, I mean, they won in five in the Golden State, but that one they won in four last year. So it's like our last season, I would say. But really, like, if you look at it, people are criticizing him. James Harden said that right now. They were criticizing him. If, um... Well, like Stephen Curry would say, I'm the, I want to be the greatest player of all time, or I'm the greatest player of all time because I won three rings and I had one loss. I'm surprised Tim Duggan isn't because Tim Duggan isn't that guy. You know, Tim Duggan is very, very quiet. No one mentions him in the conversation being the GOAT. Even though he has five rings and one loss and he's considered to be very, very consistent, a lot of people say he's the best, probably the best power forward of all time. But is he the best power forward because of this generation, or is he the best power forward? Of all? Has he faced other powers like Kevin McHale in the past, or Karl Malone, or Sean Kemp, like those players in back in the day? No. So, you know, I think we just like to say that somebody's the greatest pitcher of all time because we see them in the moment. Everything is all about the moment. Because social media is so driven. Let's just think about it. There's like a viral video of some crazy shot or something in basketball. People make a big deal. Like, oh, it's the greatest play you ever seen in your lifetime. Oh, like Odell in football, he made that one-hand catch. Oh, it was the greatest catch I've ever seen of all time. It's better than Jerry Rice and the other catches in, in the playoff history of NFL or in season history of NFL. We make such a big deal out of it because we want these people to be so great. We want these players to be so great that when it's all said and done, we remember them as being the greatest player of our lifetime. And I think that's why a lot of people should look at LeBron. I'm not saying LeBron is the GOAT because I, for one, think he is in the GOAT. And as soon as he lost, like, four or five finals, I was like, I said, he's not in the GOAT conversation anymore. If he lost, like, two or one, uh, maybe I'll put him in there. But I just, you can't take away perfection. Like, if somebody's 6-0, and 4-0, and 5-0, even 8-0, and like, you can't take that away. I think that makes you much more higher than anyone else because you haven't lost. When you don't lose in the finals... That's like, I always like to make this analogy, because a lot of people don't, probably don't agree on me, but, you know, like in school, when you have this finals, or no, you have all these assignments, right? So the teacher gives you all these assignments throughout the semester. You do, you do all well, like all three. You probably get like all hundreds on it, right? 
or maybe you get 190, uh, 90, uh, 85, right? Those three assignments. Think about LeBron. Like, LeBron is always good in the first round. He gets 100. And then second round, he's 90. And then the 85 at Eastern Conference Finals when he was in the East. And then the finals, you show up, right? Because you know how the professor always says, you know, this counts 50% of your grade at the finals. Because I get all the assignments, like, probably, like, 15% or something like that. And you have 5% class participation. Because that's what most professors are these days. Like, they just be very, very arrogant about oh this is more counting towards your grade than anything else so let's say lebron is a 50 percent he takes the final and he does really poorly on it and then professor's like oh you you didn't do well in the class so you get a, a c or a c minus something and then you're like arguing like oh no i did well the first three that doesn't count that's like the argument with lebron oh you did good the first three rounds doesn't that count yeah it does count but what really counts the most is if you actually win in the finals which is what he hasn't done. He's won three only. And yeah, he won two with Miami, he won with Cleveland. Probably more Cleveland ring counts more than Miami ring. But just look at it from that perspective. We see LeBron as what he did in the finals, not in the in really like all those rounds. If you don't win it, I don't care. It's that simple. That's just facts. Like if I, if it were me in his shoes and I knew I was three and six, I'm like, I'm not going to have a conversation anymore, man. I mean, let's be realistic. I'm, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I'll be like, you know, I'll be obviously confident, be like, oh, you know, I want to continue to play better and be considerably better. And but I know deep inside, he knows deep inside, he's not in the goal conversation. He's just doing all of this so he can get the attention from the people and have some support and defend him because of all the records that he's broken, all the stats that he's done, all the teams that he's carried on. Like he just wants to be in that conversation, but it's not gonna happen. It's just facts, man. Just I'm, I just think of it this way: if LeBron wins. Three more rings the next four years with the Lakers. Like, he doesn't win this year, but he wins. He basically does a 3P, and he comes 6-6, six and six, I would say. Yeah, 6-6. Six and six. He's still not going to conversation. Yeah, he's tied with Jordan, but he's not a goal conversation. And it's, it's interesting we say he's a goal conversation, but Bill Russell has 11 rings and the one that matches them. And I guess because back in the day it was different, it was different brand of basketball. There weren't that many teams, so obviously he won 11 rings. But that's still an accomplishment. I mean, if you, I don't care how many teams you have. You have 12. Although back then it was like around 16, 18 teams. I did a research paper on, on the NBA, so I kind of know this stuff already. Um, but, yeah, at that time it was like one that many teams. But he still won all those titles. I mean, he Bill Russell really changed the game of basketball because when he came into the league, yeah, he was getting bullied around by Chamberlain because the guys were like seven one, seven two over him, but he still made them work. I mean, one game because I remember one season I did a research paper on this. He did one season where Chamberlain averaged like fifty points, and in the playoffs when the Celtics won over, I believe it was Philadelphia at the time. I think when Chamberlain was there, it might be Milwaukee. Might have been Milwaukee, but um, he held them to like 28 points. I mean, that was pretty impressive. And yeah, it's 28 points right now in this league would be like, oh, you, if you try to check somebody 28 points, but it's a different brand of basketball. That's why I'm surprised no one ever mentions Bill Russell in the conversation being the GOAT because he has 11 rings. But that's why Jordan never says that he's the GOAT. He's never played against those guys. Like, he's not. He says he's not trying to disrespect the legends. I feel like LeBron is disrespecting the legends. Yeah, he appreciates them every day saying, oh, you know, thank you for the, what you have done to the game of basketball. We're not done this without you, all that stuff. But really, you got to understand that we're just in a different era. And as long as there's going to be people saying you're the go or he's the go or this the go, whatever, it's just going to happen, man. And, and I'm not going to take that away. So let's switch topics here a little bit. Uh, let's get into also about the whole James Harden thing what happened last night. So last night I was watching the game and I was like flipping back and forth because I was just trying to see um Golden State was up at like seventeen, I was like all oh, those games considered over probably. Although I, I always say that because Golden State in the past has always been if you're up by like seventeen twenty the game's over. So I think this is probably a record right now, a stat like all time right now of their record for the past four or five seasons, about like one thirty something and three now. They blew a fifteen point lead or something like that, which is still incredible. But yeah, I mean, really, I don't know what's happening at Golden State. I think the problem is is that the league is kind of catching up to them in terms of this tempo that they always run over the past few seasons. Like right now, they're ranked like knife and tempo. So they're trying to they're trying to speed up the game really, but I think the league's just hyping up to them. 
and they always been considered this this this, uh, this like they have this thing on like kind of like a mask of fear because when they shoot threes it's almost like the game's over when they shoot these threes in, in like some crazy rhythm they think the game's over or whatever and a lot of players are, like demoralized by those threes especially Stephen Curry's threes but it ain't the same even with Kevin Durant the Golden State Warriors aren't exactly like the same team that they were last season um, I think the whole conflict that they have with Draymond Green has definitely put a put a lot of pressure on them, I think, because they know if they don't win it this year, they're probably going to lose them. I don't think they're going to trade Durant. <clears throat> I'll be shocked if they do that. But let's say, they, let's say if they do trade Durant, will they trade him to for Anthony Davis? Will they trade him for Kawhi? Because right now the Raptors are playing well. We know they lost yesterday to also against the Spurs. Which is not surprising because, you know, since Pantone, they knew they were going to make that game more personal than it ever was. Um, but James Harden, to be able to make that shot over two defenders. Now, I think these are, like, great defenders, too. Like, these are all defensive player people, and one of them was defensive player of the year. But, like, to make it over Draymond Green and Clay Thompson in that situation right there, I mean, that's just not about you just trying to make a shot and flick it up and see what happens. That shot was more like a will shot. That's why I consider it a will shot. You know, when you shot where you make it over somebody or make it over two or three people because you're like, you know what, screw everybody. I'm just going to make this myself because I believe in that. And James Harden, he just dribbled across and pulled up, and then he just really flicked it in, and it went in. And, you know, it's it's interesting because the play before – uh, Durant saved the ball and it was clearly out of bounds. I don't know if he's missed that. Like he was really clearly out of bounds. He wasn't like inbounds or anything. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, how did they miss this call? Like how do you miss that? So really, he like just went in and James Harden did his shot and that's it. You know, the game was over. He said something to Draymond Green. Obviously, after he made the shot, but one second left, Durant shot it. it wasn't good enough. Blah blah blah. And the whole story is now. Oh, James Harden, um, the Rockets are 2-0 against the Golden State Warriors this season, all that stuff. But I'm not if people remind them, though, really, that um, I think we always said that the Rockets were considered to be in the, in the Golden State class, kind of. And, you know, the 2-0 this season. But last season, they were actually 3-1-2 and against them, and they still lost in 7. So I know everybody's getting excited about the whole James Harden fiasco, him making that shot yesterday. But... It's just face facts. I mean, it's just it's just a, a regular season game. They got to start putting respect on James Harden's James oh, name, though. You and, have to. And Mr. Mac joins the show now. How are you doing, yeah, buddy? With, with happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. It's yeah, mine, is, mine is definitely starting off a little, <laughs> a, little, uh, a little shakier than it did last year, but I'm going to consider that a good thing. Uh, that game last night was something to see. I know, man. I mean, I was looking at it. I was flipping back and forth. I thought Golden State was going to win. Went up by 17 already at halftime. And I'm like, oh. And then it came back to Rockets. And James Harden had, like, a crazy 40-point game again. And, what, like, nine assists or seven or more than that or whatever. He had triple-double again. But Yeah, 40-something point, triple-double. I don't know. The referees missed that call before, though. With, uh, With Durant? Yeah. <laughs> that was clearly a, he was clearly out of bounds. The only thing I can think. What, the, the only angle? thing I could no 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 not the angle the only thing I can think was that both of his feet were off the ground and he was in the air when he smacked the ball back in bounds. No, yeah, but you look at it closely, he really was still I, in bounds. I, no, 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 he was out of bounds. But hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Off the ground when he made contact with the ball, which would mean it was fair. It was a fair ball. You just can't be touching out of bounds. When you make contact at the ball, because then the ball is officially out of bounds. Yeah. But if you're most people when they're already out of bounds, they've split the line. The thing is, they're in the air when they touch the ball. So then they smack the ball off of somebody else, or they smack it back in bounds, which makes it in bounds. It looked like at the moment he made contact with the ball, both of his feet were off the ground. I thought it was hilarious. That's though. the only only thing I can think of. I'm not even sure that that's accurate. I'm just saying like that's the only way I could see the judges that the refs being okay with that and not calling that. Imagine that happened to the Knicks or something, like in the playoffs. So they just did something that happened to him like that and they lost because of that. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a riot right there. I know there's it's two things about that game that, that were interesting to me. Number one, Steph Curry is not Steph Currying right now. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he had thirty-five, but it's not really, not really. The no, he missed way. a lot of open. Yeah, shots. I'm saying he, that's for what I'm him, saying, yeah. he missed a lot of open shots. He should have yeah. been closer to, 
Um, he should have done closer to Harden's numbers mm-hmm. with the open shots. Power that he one missed. too, definitely. Yeah. Um, two, I thought that last play was definitely messed up to hand it to send it to KD all oh, yeah. that far out. Like yeah. when Steph and Clay and everybody else is over there, and you don't you don't need a three. Did they need a three to win? Uh, they were up by one. The Rockets. So they didn't. So need they a three. lost by one. They didn't need a three. They yeah. only needed a two. They could have done alley oop. And they could have done an alley oop with you Durant or something. Steph and Clay were both on the inside. You could have yeah. worked harder to get it to one of them. Like instead of KD all the way out. And the third thing I noticed was they kept giving it to KD to bring the ball up. I didn't understand that. I don't know. I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to please him to think that he doesn't want to leave them. Yeah, but they're it's not working whatever. out. Like it a isn't. lot of those half court heat check hero ball style shots that he kept taking mm-hmm. like just bricking these threes from way out where that that just wasn't it like I think he cost them the game with a lot of those quick shots for no reason uh, from so far outside just trying to ice the game I think he cost it because he, uh, he did that like three or four times honestly I feel like Draymond Green's shoot, you know shooting slump is actually hurting the team moving forward because it's almost like they're playing four on five because um, he can't score at all. He literally can't shoot to save his life, Green. Anytime I, sh- I see him shoot the ball, it's almost like he's just aiming at the ball. He's not literally putting it in rhythm. When you shoot the ball, you put it in rhythm. Like, you got to put your elbow in, obviously, but when you shoot it, it's not like you're aiming. You have to just let it go, kind of like mm-hmm. f- like a flick, kind of. Right now, I see Draymond Green, like, he's aiming the ball. Like, he's trying to shoot it at it, and that's what's kind of costing his percentage. Like, he's going down tremendously mm-hmm. since his, like, rookie season or something, or maybe, like, a few years ago, whatever, when, he, when he's But he's slumping. Back. He's definitely slumping. He's slumping big time. But so is, so is Steph. Yeah, he's slumping. So was Clay time. just a minute ago. Clay was slumping. He was, but then he got it back. And everybody's, every they're all three of them, the biggest problem I see with all four of the people we just mentioned is they're all shooting from the outside. So no like, one, there's no paint presence. At all. Like, when Steph drives to the hole, he scores. When Clef drives, when when Clay drives to the hole, he scores. I wonder if Steph is trying to like not prevent his growing injury like he had before, and by not going to the paint as much. I I gotta say, th- maybe that's it. Maybe not handling the ball like maybe. I mean, Clay's been that. trying to go to the paint more. Like I yeah, see him actually try to dribble to the paint. And Clay's take a, a big two guard. Like, yeah, he, he gets in there, he does his thing, and he get. But remember the kick and dish that used to be. Golden State's bread and butter. It's you don't see anymore. them doing it. It's not like, there anymore. Everybody just posts up on the on the line and shoots for three. The ball movement seems to just be. There's no um. The thing is, there's no post presence. Maybe Demarcus Cousins coming back actually helps them. Maybe I don't know. Definitely but, her- helps. Them. Helps them rebounding at least and uh, taking and chance points. Yeah, and defend and taking threes. Like it's still be four on five unless Draymond Green somehow gets his three point shot well, back. Even e- or even if he just starts driving. Like, yeah. Draymond is big enough to drive inside and, and make something happen for somebody else. I picture the, the handoff and the pick-and-roll game between him and DeMarcus Cousins being, like, an extra weapon. Or, or DeMarcus Cousins posting up and then seeing Steph Curry, Clay open, and then taking giving them the shot to help make it through. So yeah, I mean, definitely, happening. especially since you have a center now who can shoot from mid-range. Yeah, that actually helps him out with the spacing, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's just more of the fact also that, and I was just saying this before, that the league is kind of catching up to Golden State in the wake because right now their temple, they're, like, ranked ninth. I don't know who's ranked number one right now in the league, but that's probably the reason why a lot of teams are just trying to do what Golden State's doing right now, and Golden State hasn't really changed as much over the past few seasons. It could be that, too. Uh, They haven't added new elements, but they've been so far ahead of the game. I, I think... I hear where you're coming from. I don't disagree. But I think it's more about the fact that they're going through shooting slumps at the same time. At the wrong time, if anything. Uh, These are like the dog it's before, days. Of, yeah, but it's before, it's before the All-Star game. Like It's before the break. We're not at 25-14, though. They're not exactly in the hunt for the first seed right now. The first seed is the Nuggets. Yeah, but I don't really think they care like that. I think they should. But I don't think they do. The Lakers are right behind them too. Yeah, but who cares? Like, I mean, <laughs> I they beat them in Christmas. That was surprising that game when they and beat again, him. And again, Steph's not shooting well. Clay's not shooting well. Draymond's not shooting well. I think the finals thing is going up to their heads too. I think all those times going to the finals, it's kind of putting a wear and tear on their whole bodies right now, physically and mentally. All this tells me is that my main, the main thing I'm taking away from these games is that KD is definitely leaving. Yeah, he's gone. They're doing stuff to try and make him stay, but if they don't get a chip this year, even if they get a chip, I that's how I think he's gonna leave. I, I said the same thing out. too. I said yeah. the same thing too. I think with or without it, I think he's still gonna leave. I think he's going. I think it's just a matter of where he wants to go. I think he might go to the Knicks. I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. 
So he's going to New York now. I, those because like, if you go to New York, you're all men considered to be the best player in the East over Giannis. That's a fact. Although Giannis is up there too, but I think skill set wise, yeah, you're better no, than Giannis. KD goes yeah. to the Knicks and it becomes yeah. a different animal. You're better than Kawhi, most likely. And that frees up our draft choice because that means we don't have to take Zion in the first round. We probably will, though, because our next record continues to go down. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're the worst record in the league and they end up with the number one pick. Would you pick Zion number one? Yes, I would. Okay. I'll still pair him up with Durant Pujingas. It's definitely going to work. I think mm-hmm. it's going to work with that. That front court is going to be working for the next five years at least. Mm-hmm. And you got Kevin Knox. I mean, Kevin Knox could either come off the bench or you could start him, or you could start him at the shooting guard position. He can't be a shooting. No, guy. he can't be shooting. Though. He's not that much. He's, he's, he's too long too. He's he's not not only is he too long, he's too erratic. His floaters don't fall. Start like the run at shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you do that in two K. He's unstoppable. Oh, he, he break. He get every rebound. He score any every. I just want to know how much longer the Moutier experiment is. Yeah, I'm done with Moutier, man. Yeah. Uh, every time I see this guy, he either shoots the ball on a three point shot or he's trying to draw fouls and then he complains that he's not drawing any fouls. Like talk about streaky. Like he's really streaky. Like he's, he's and Frank, pff, I don't know. Frank, Frank is guy. looking like a bust. I don't think he, I can't say he's a bust after the second year though. He's. I said he's looking like a bust. He's playing like a bust. They called him like one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, Kevin Knox is actually working out. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging almost. He averaged seventeen points last month. Even though those percentages month. are awful. Yeah, but like at he's least, chucking a lot. Yeah, he's gonna have to be more efficient. At least, uh, at least get like twenty point. I'd be a, a twenty point score. If he's a twenty point score, I can live with that. Yeah. Because Porzingis could be a twenty five thirty if anything. Mm-hmm. And then we have the brand same thing. Twenty. Like if you have those guys be above twenty, you're fine. Then mm-hmm. just the bench has to and play better. How do you better. defend two dudes that t- all, all three dudes that tall that long? That's the thing. I, maybe maybe you don't get Zion. Maybe you get uh um Barrett, the point guard from Duke. Is he's is he the point guard? I thought he was a two. No, he's a point guard. He's like James Harden kind of too because he has his left hand. He's like shoots and everything, but he he's a passer too. Yeah, you okay. might get him. You might get the point guard instead. They might end up having the second or third pick anyway because knowing the Knicks' luck, it would be never gonna be number one. Well, I gotta tell you, I think Fizz is tanking on purpose. Well, dog, because he knows. Look at these players that are coming out. You think he doesn't want one of these point? He wants the point guard probably more than anything. Because if he gets the point guard, you get Durant and you get Porzingis. You have Kevin Knox. You're good. Because you have Tim Hardaway at shooting guard, you guys just shoot threes and live with that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, Damian Dotson is actually he's a good bench player. Yeah, yeah your bench, become, your bench suddenly becomes much stronger than before. Oh God, like your because bench, you have Vonley coming off the bench too, and Vonley's Von Lee a young coming player. Off the bench, Dotson's coming off the bench. Yeah. Trey is coming off the bench. Yeah, um, Trey's gonna be else? a definitely gonna somebody come else. There's some Trier is coming off the bench. So you got you got Trier at two. Mm-hmm. You got uh. Uh, Trey at the one, yeah. Vonley at the three, yeah. Mitchell at the five, mm-hmm. and who's Hicks? Hicks at the Hicks at the four, yeah. Oh, we should got Mitchell Robinson. So, oh, I meant Mitchell project. Robinson at the yeah, five. another project. I meant, I meant I meant Robinson at the five. Who did I say was at the five? You said Hicks. No, Hicks would be at the four. The tall white oh, kid, oh, or, or that Luke, 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 uh, Luke, the the white kid. Yeah, the white kid too. I, I thought his last name was Hicks. No, his name was Luke. Um, I forgot his last name. Luke. No, I don't even know his last name. It starts with K, though. But, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Cornette. Cornette, yeah. Cornette, yeah. Thank you. Not Luke Cornette. 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 Cornette, yeah. And he's actually been playing well, too. He's playing great. He's doing threes, all, you know, facing the court out. So That's why I said you can play him at the four. So I feel like Durant should go to the Knicks only because for two reasons. One, it'll save your legacy. And two, you'll be considered to be the greatest. you probably be considered to be in the GOAT conversation. Although, I was talking about that for like half an hour about the whole GOAT conversation about LeBron's comments. Um, he was dumb for that. What do you think of that? You think he was dumb with that? He was dumb for that. He was I think he was dumb with that too to say that. I mean, listen, man, your career's not over yet. And first of all, you're three and six in the finals. That's one thing. You're not even six and three. If you were six and three, I have a different conversation about that. But you're not. And Golden so, State is pushing you around. Dude. Yeah, like that Golden State is pushing you around. I mean, how come Dun- Tim Duncan and Kobe are in that conversation? You absolutely are not dominant as a player, the way MJ was dominant as a player in his era. Even for this new era with all the soft rules and everything, you are not dominant. You are an all-star, all-caliber, generational player. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you are not as dominant as MJ was in his day. Yeah, because a lot of people actually feared him. And also, I think a lot of people in that time were saying that he was the best player 
in the in like all time for them in their eyes like the centers and everybody they all knew I'm saying is MJ they knew showed up and everything was different yeah once they he knew arrived once he hit his prime yeah he was unstoppable and they all knew he was unstoppable it's just you hard hit to stop your him prime, you hit your prime and you keep getting bounced bounced and, and killed and like, also when you're in miami and i was in this conversation too how can kobe is in the conversation because kobe won three with Shaq and he won two by himself too with Powell and Andrew Biden, but you had Dwayne Wayne and Bosch only won two. Right. And the, your team was supposed to be considered to be in the finals almost every year and try to win it. You got smoked by Dallas. No, no, you got him. He got, he's like, he was got scared. He got guarded up by Jason Terry, for God's sakes. Yeah. Out of all the people who got guarded up by and Jason folded. Terry. And a past his prime, Jason Terry. Like, still had a lot in the tank, but. Jason Kidd, too. Like, they, they lost, he lost to Jason Kidd. And yeah. He lost to Dirt Ravinsky. Dirt Ravinsky was like 30 something. And yeah. he lost to them. So, I don't know why he considered this whole goal card. Like, people people forget about that stuff. They forget about the Dallas and the time he got swept by the Spurs in Cleveland. They forgot mm-hmm. about that stuff. Or the time that Ray Allen saved his life. Oh, yeah. I was saying making the case, too. Like, if, if he didn't make that shot, imagine he was 2-7. and seven. <sighs> Oh, they, they definitely not in a goal conversation anymore. And Ray Allen literally saved his life. You know what else? Ray Allen, one of the greatest three-point shooters in the history of the league, had to be there to save your entire legacy. You know who else saved his life, too? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving <laughs> bailed him out <laughs> for that shot. He definitely closed yeah. all uh, those games. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it would have been like he would have won an eight. He would have been the Jerry West. And the second Kyrie left, it was over. Yeah, exactly. Like he he doesn't he thinks he's better than most people like considering being the goat. But really, I think to me it's kind of hard to define who's the goat in any sport, even because it's just different eras of, of the game. Like even Tom Brady said that before in a conversation when he had with Roddy Harrison NBC. I remember saying like he's not considered to be the goat because he never played in other generations in football. Like it was a different era of football back then. It's not the same. For me, the greatest and the best aren't the same thing. I think the best changes from era to era to era. Who was the best of this era? Who was the best of this era? I think the greatest is all encompassing. I think greatness is something different than being the best. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is a greater quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. More championships, more acclaim, more fame, bigger. I, I think also it's also efficiency, too, when you consider it to be the but, goal. But all, all, those, all those things go into it. Like, greatness is an aura. Greatness is, a, is not necessarily tangible. Greatness is all-encompassing. It's an all-the-way-around thing. Great will get great will overshadow talent, even though talent will beat great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can yeah. be great. If I'm more talented, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you. Floyd Mayweather was great, but he was also better than everybody at the sport of boxing, which is how he got to be great. Mm-hmm. Undefeated record, beat up a bunch of champions, move weight classes, knocked a bunch of people out. Because I have a certain skill too. I think we should be the go in people's eyes. Which is well, it, well, that depends on your criteria. Because for me, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is better, I don't know if I can call you the greatest of all time. But I acknowledge the fact that you are a greater quarterback yeah. than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But I don't know if that I don't know if greatness holds as much weight as the best to me. The best outweighs great to me. MJ, in my opinion, was a greater player. Than LeBron was. Yeah, I don't was. care what the stats tell you. MJ was generational in his generation, and the next one's going. Like everyone's still chasing him. Does he have the impact on the court? Like everything that he's done between from, the from, sneakers, yeah, the and the sneakers, money and yeah, the and all that, and yeah. the lifestyle, and the, like in in the championships and 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 the champ, and then sending a whole bunch of top fifty players of all time. Into the Hall of Fame. Ringless. Ringless. Yeah. Dude, people are walking through you, LeBron, and getting their rings. Like, mm-hmm. th- you're, not even a, you're not even in the consideration. You just got to L.A. You weren't in the consideration the year before. The year before that, yeah, tw- tw- what, 2016 is when they got it, right? Yeah. You haven't been in the consideration since then. Not seriously. Nobody's taking you serious. No one's scared of him. At all. And then before people that, were scared of Jordan. you had to team yeah. up with two other dudes. Yeah. To get it popping, no and you only pulled Jordan, off two. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, and who did you take L's to? Past his prime, Dirk. Past his prime, Duncan. Duncan, basically, past prime, Duncan. Past his prime, kid would have definitely lost to Duncan again had it not been for one of the greatest shooters Gosh, yeah. of all time being on your team. And that was a legendary series too. That final series was, that was very a legendary legend. shot. 
But that, like that, but that I remember that series. Every series, like every moment was in every game. Like in first game, Tony Parker made this crazy shot over yeah. LeBron. Remember that shot? Like everybody made that. And then game two, LeBron had a weird block over well, who cares? Like over um, some nobody. How about this? And game three was Danny Green's. Yeah. And game yeah, four was Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. having a vintage Dwayne Wade, and I have respect for Dwayne because he won a title without LeBron. So it's like he he's been there, done that, whatever. And then game five was. Um, what was it? I, oh, I think it was Ginobili. Yeah, Ginobili was showed Going up in off, Game yeah. 5. Then Game 6, of course, was Ray Allen. And then mm-hmm. Game 7 was LeBron, whatever. And every game was a defining point in that series. Mm-hmm. That just moments that you can't forget about but that. But they would have been over had it not been for Ray Allen. I know. Now, think about this. Had Rondo been a better teammate, Ray Allen would still be on the Celtics. Yeah, so think about it. Then he wouldn't, he wouldn't even left. left. Yeah, he wouldn't go to Miami. So, you lose. That but, series. But they still lost the next year anyway. They got blown out in five games because Kawhi Leonard showed up and then everybody else showed up. And, yeah, that was Vladimir Duncan's fifth ring. And that was it. He could. I think Duncan would have gotten six rings. It would have been something special. But he's 5-1, and one, so I can't take that away from him. Yeah, no. He's um, same, same, thing same, with, minute, same amount of rings as Kobe. Yeah, and, and it's surprising no one matches them in the goal conversation because they're like, oh, because they just suddenly leap, LeBron leapfrogs Duncan and Kobe in some ways, even though they both have five rings. His point, LeBron's point was that he beat a 73-win team, so that makes him the greatest. That doesn't, but that doesn't, you can't take, like, it's a good accomplishment. It's almost like, you know, that's funny I didn't say this comparison. It's almost like when Eli beat the undefeated Patriots team. Is he considered the greatest because he beat a, a, the greatest right, team ever right, assembled? Right. That doesn't consider Eli to be the GOAT because of, of that. I mean, he beat the team, but doesn't mean he's the greatest of all time. He beat a great team, got a Super Bowl ring, that's it. And he mm-hmm. beat him again. He got an MVP out of it. And he beat him again a few years ago after that. And, you know, that was it. Like, like that's why LeBron didn't miss. Like you, pretty much comparing yourself kind of to like Eli in this situation being the, the greatest undefeated team. Literally, they could have been nineteen and zero when he stopped them though from that. So it, it's just different, you know, critiques I guess on who's the greatest of all time is and this and that. But really, it just count, comes down to like the media and our fans. We just predict on who's this and that. You know, that's how that's how it's always going to be mm-hmm. moving forward. That's just how it is. By the way, uh, I give a shout out to Stuart Scott. You know, it's four years ago since he died from cancer. Salute the big homie. Yeah, I remember those commercials he had. It was like those fun, great commercials they had at ESPN back in the day with Stuart Scott and everything. And he also bought a different personality too. The ESPN, he has his own personality. It yeah, wasn't like he, a generic he, he, thing. He revolutionized that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't generic or anything. It was more like he bought his own thing, and and even though I remember reading a book, like even though a lot of people didn't dis- the kind of disagree with what his style was, like on television and everything, he still bought it, and people loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. So you gotta give him credit for that. But yeah, like this whole goat thing is just so interesting that people are just going mad hard about all this stuff. By the way, all uh, the All Star voting right now, you have Giannis in front for the front court. You have the guards, Kyrie in front with Dwayne Wade in the back. Dwayne, Dwayne might make it for his last season, so that'll be like one of those memorable, I guess, All Star games with Dwayne Wade playing his last All Star game. Mm-hmm. And then Western Conference, you have LeBron leading the front court. You know who's in front right now? Too. I mean, who's in front of Durant? Luke Dotnich, you know, the rookie European player. Who's, who's making the Mavericks become a contender now in the playoffs? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that kid is definitely looking. MVP he's leading the level. vote. He's leaving the votes right. And actually, he's second in the votes right now in the front court for the All Stars. So he might be an All Star this year, in his first year. That's interesting. He might be All Star every season then if he does well. And Stephen Curry's leading it also for the guards. And Derrick Rose is in second right now too, which is interesting. Hmm. I wonder if Derrick Rose will make it this year too. Hmm. That'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, that's what the All-Star votes right now. So, yeah, I was talking about New Year's resolutions. What are your New Year's resolutions this year? Because everybody always has these resolutions, but I was saying before, like, you, they do it for, like, a month or two, and then they stop doing it. Um, but I'm I, I don't, sure. I don't, I don't know if I have resolutions necessarily. Like, I want to continue what I was doing last year because I've, I've been on a good move. Mm-hmm. I think consistency is one of my problems. So I, I think my main thing is to procrastinate less. Actually, that's how my resolutions too. Like, yeah. not to procrastinate on the assignments I have or movies I have to watch or books I have to read or newspapers mm-hmm. or whatever. Just be more consistent on it and have more growth in my career, be a better podcast host and writer and all the other stuff that I actually put down. 
Um, being the best shape of my life, I definitely want to achieve that this 2019, season. 2019, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go for that too. <laughs> so whatever is biking, running, doing saunas, cryotherapy, all that stuff. I, I have the gym that. across the street from my house, dude. I'm a disgrace. You should be doing that. Like, I'm that. a disgrace. Yeah. I, should look like, I should look like what everybody pictures themselves looking like when they, fi- when they figure their work out. Yeah. Like my body should always be eat better. form. Yeah, eat like, better. Eating it really isn't my problem, but I have a gym membership and I haven't been to the gym in like three, four, like maybe no it hasn't been that long but even when i'm at the gym i'm so distracted by work i just got to get up when i say i'm going to get up and go to the gym and i can be there for as long as i want but the problem is around 9 a.m work starts mm-hmm. and yeah I, and by by 10 i definitely need to be in the house and i'm not a lot of the time so if i could get up at seven if i could do it at seven early morning workouts off and i could stay to the gym until like eight thirty, nine o'clock and work out everything and then come home and I could literally do that every day and be in awesome shape and I don't do it like uh, 7 o'clock comes around and unfortunately the first thing I do is pick my phone up that's what we all do I think when we wake up and I pick my phone like up like text messages or email whatever make sure yeah. that I didn't miss anything yeah of course I missed something so here I go mm-hmm. it's like yeah I just gotta be more so I'm not mad at anything that I did last year I think last year went really really good like ex- extraordinarily good, I think this year is gonna be better. I think this year, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great year. I think I believe that. I think I think I have to definitely be the, be the best that I can be this year, for my dad and everything. Um, just moving forward. Um, so I'll, you know, I'm not making problems. I'm making sacrifices. Be for that has to be for something. You know, I want to make it be memorable. I was just telling my brother about that a couple of days ago. Like, you know, all that he did for for me and my fa- for me for the family and everything. You know, it won't be for nothing. You know, it's gonna be for something. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to do that this year and, and get on a good start with that, especially for like career wise and life itself. You know, just get better at it. No, I feel you. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And we're we're, we're on a good path, which is why I said my resolutions. I don't even know if <laughs> those are like that's really a thing for me right now because I'm so close mm-hmm. and I'm so I'm so near what I want to do. I don't know if like having a resolution is like the even makes sense. So before we end the show, actually, I do want to say, um, what do you think of the whole Antonio Brown situation? I know you don't watch football, but he's saying this diva thing now is going up to the heads of wide receivers now that he tried. Steelers might actually trade him before the season starts next season. I believe that, but did he really just cost himself? Like him being part of another team, or did he just expose what the Steelers have been over the past few I think, seasons? I think it's the exposure. I think the fact. I think. It, I think it's the exposure. And I also think he's exposing a bigger problem in the league, the fact that these guys aren't paid. And they're start, and they're wise to what's happening. Like, you put this franchise tag on them, yeah. so they can't get paid but so much. And then by the time the franchise tag is over, it's like, well, you're really not worth that much anymore because, you know, you kind of used up and old, so we're only going to pay you this. And it's this over, all the way around system of just jerking the player. And I think he's bucking that. And I'm not mad at it because wide receivers have a pretty tough job. And once they once they begin to lose track, remember Revis Island? Yeah. Once they begin to, you know what I mean, just lose that thing, it's over. Mm-hmm. So they need to get the money when it's available because and, – and people just have these systems to avoid paying them anything. And I think he's exposing it. Need to fix the system for these players to get paid. It'd be a di- I think they could adjust the NBA. Story, yes, jealous, and the MLB too in some ways because MLB they pay a lot of money. Some of those players, like the those sidelines, be filled with dudes. I know who I don't know if any of them ever see the field. They're just like there as like a reserve or whatever. They don't even play though. But they're all being paid. So yeah, kind of like they're, they're jealous of the NBA and jealous of the MLB too because MLB they. A lot, obviously pay a lot of players to contracts and everything and the NBA does the same thing too but they're gonna so, have to increase those games yeah if they're gonna do, pay more people they gotta increase the games 16 yeah. games ain't gonna get it yeah maybe 18 or 19 you're gonna have to do more but of then that. you see how much the owners make and it becomes a different story owners, like, yeah. yo, you can afford to pay these players more money mm-hmm. you definitely can the amount of money you break in at a football game those, those stadiums are seen as the the ultimate goal for any artist when they say i play stadiums they like that's the biggest deal you can get you, it doesn't get bigger than a stadium yeah and there is no bigger stadiums in america than football stadiums 
That's true. If you're, if you're playing a football stadium, that means you're like the ultimate artist, right? Obviously, yeah. Well, they fill these things up like every week. And going the postseason is happening this, this and weekend. And then sell a bunch of shit. Like, they're not just selling you tickets, which the ticket prices are, are through the roof by themselves. Like, the least priced ticket is like 100, 100 and something. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there's $50, $80 tickets, like, way up, way up, way up in the stands. Yeah. But those tickets are way more than NBA tickets. Mm, they are. And then, that's what I'm saying, they sell so much. And especially when the postseason is coming up right now, it's going to sell a lot more. So, they should maybe get, definitely play more. I mean, on merchandise alone. Merchandise alone. The jersey prices. It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. It's like a hundred something, I remember. Jerseys, little foam fingers and paint. Beer. Knickknacks. I didn't even get into the food. (laughs) I'm just talking about like the merchandise stuff that they make themselves that they sell to people. Although in Atlanta, it's actually cheaper. They actually put it to like minimum three, two dollars something for food or something like that. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true though. Well, shout out to Atlanta. Because <laughs> I don't know, but, but that's what they should be doing. But they charge these things like ten dollars and eleven dollars for anything. Yeah, for like one beer or ten dollars for anything. Like that's ridiculous. You're drinking just once. I know it's the thing. You can drink like two or three times. You're me thirty dollars. Getting like yeah. blitzed. It's crazy, man. So yeah, the NFL needs to. I'm 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 on the side of the players. I think whatever they need to do to get themselves paid, and also have some guaranteed money at least. They yeah. also have shorter careers. Yeah, uh, they can play like NBA players can. Life spans like five years in, in, in the league. And that we're talking about from a teenager to like twenty five, thirty. Mm-hmm. Like you're already washed. NBA players are playing to like 35, 36. That Kobe retired at forty. Baseball players play to like 40, 41. Vince Carter's still there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dwayne is just now leaving. Mm-hmm. Did he turn 40? No, he's like 35, 36 right now. I rest my case. Like, if he was in the NFL, he'd be washed already. But his knees have been, like, so bad ever since he if came he to the league. If he was in the NFL, he'd yeah. be washed already. Yeah. It'd be over already. It, it, like, he'd, he'd have retired, like, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. That's so, I don't, I don't want to hear that, man. <laughs> like, these, these players, I'm with Antonio Brown. I'm with all of them who who do whatever they need to do to get the bread. Yeah, I mean, make the case also when Alex Smith went down. Le'Veon Bell's making the case, like, oh, this is what happens when you don't have guaranteed contracts. Somebody gets injured and your, your career's done, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you got to get that guaranteed contract. They got to fix it somehow. Because there's going to be a lot of other people that are going to boycott it. And the players are going to just be like, you're not going to play anymore. Yeah, because I, I hate that whole, you signed the deal worth such and such, such, such million. Dude, you know that's not guaranteed. Yeah, like yeah. they're gonna get rid of him as soon as they feel like it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay him that money, and they're not with such and such guaranteed. Like that's the only money that's for sure. As soon as the guaranteed money is up, they're gonna figure out a way to get you out of there, so they don't have to pay. And it's okay for them to do. It's legal. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm not a fan. That's I'm true. I'm with Antonio Brown. I'm with any of those players who are doing whatever they need to do. I ended with this then, because I know you don't make football picks, but uh, Titans and Chiefs on Saturday for Wild Card Weekend. Yes, I see. Wait, this is Wild Card Weekend. Oh, wait. Why am I missing like one Wild Card Weekend game here? Oh, maybe I'm not. Uh, let's see. Falcons. Fal- oh, this is really, really old, actually. But I would say Wild Card Weekend, I think, be something special. Um, usually, every wild card weekend, there's always going to be that team that could maybe make a run this year or whatever, you know. Anything could happen. I mean, the way I see it, I think the team that wins in this weekend's wild card will be the one that either makes a dangerous run that we've seen in football history. Like, for instance, um, the Giants. They've always done that every time they make it to the playoffs. They always make these crazy runs. Or it could be somebody else, you know. Maybe it could be the the, the Eagles, even though they're in the Super Bowl champions, but there's like the sixth seed right now, I believe. So anything can happen, really. I, I I could see this becoming one of those those moments in um football because I think this year's a little different. It used to be in the past, like one year, somebody becomes good and and or like Patriots are just good. It's so good that they just go all the Super Bowl, whatever, and they beat everybody. But I think it's gonna be different this year. I really do. Um. I would not be shocked, though, if the team that you're supposed to see in the Super Bowl doesn't make it. For instance, um, you know, like the Saints and all that stuff. So, I'm saying, like, I'm telling you, man, this, this one be special. You got Colts and Texans. I picked probably. Maybe I'll watch the Super Bowl. You got to watch the Super Bowl. Maybe. I mean, they're going to show probably a preview of Avengers. They're probably going to show a preview Which of a lot of things. Which is probably the only thing that would make And Game of Thrones, through. maybe, if yeah, you all see it coming. Maybe, maybe. 
Um, but I see tomorrow, I see the Colts beating Texans on the road. I see Seattle beating the Cowboys tomorrow. I see the Chargers winning, and I also see Philly winning. So I'm picking all the road teams this weekend to win. I have all these upsets. All right. I'll keep my eye on ESPN. More experience. I think these teams, all of them from Andrew Luck to um, Seattle to Rivers to Foles, all of them just experienced quarterbacks that have been there, done that, and been in the role and try to – actually, Rivers is, like, I think undefeated on the road, and Andrew Luck is going to make sure he's trying to make a run for this. And Russell Wilson has experience. He's been through this already, going somewhere else. And really, Foles, he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. He'll figure it out against the Bears. So I see that happening, but that's good for today's show, guys. You can follow me at Morinus10. I'm over at Mr. Mech. Let's do all these videos on SoundCloud and iTunes. See you next week. Peace.